Okay, in this section, we are going to do conduction disorders and dysrhythmias. So I'm not even going to take the time to go over sinus tachycardia and sinus bradycardia because at this point I would hope that you know those. So we'll start with sinus arrhythmia. So this is a normal variation of normal silence rhythm. The pathophysiology, it's caused by a normal variation in heart rate with inspiration and expiration. So it's regularly regularly irregular because we kind of breathe regularly, so and there's no real treatment. So sinus arrhythmia changes with inspiration, expiration, regularly irregular. And then we're going to go into um we're kind of gonna go down the heart. So we're gonna start with the atria, go to the junction, do blocks then go into ventricular rhythms, and then at the end I have just kind of like um, different types of rhythms that didn't really fit into a category for me. So um, the first thing we're going to Okay, the first thing we're going to do is the wandering atrial pacemaker. So this is a rhythm due to multiple irritable atrial foci. So there's multiple spots within the atria that are just kind of irritated for some reason, and they're kind of also initiating rhythms similar to the S8 node. But for this one, the rate is going to be less than 100. So it's a WAP less than 100. If it's greater than 100 beats per minute, you're going to call that a MAT, so the multifocal atrial tachycardia. Makes sense. We know tachycardia is above 100, so... WAP less than 100, MAT greater than 100. On EKG, you're going to see multiple different P wave morphologies. They're all going to look different, but they're all upright, which signifies that they are coming from the atria. Um, some causes of this can be alcohol, tobacco, caffeine. Um, treatment, you kind of treat the underlying cause. If there's any, you're going to fix any electrolyte disorders, anything like that. And then no other treatment beyond that. Um, premature atrial contractions. These are early beats from an irritable foci in the atria. So the WAP was multiple different foci. This one is one. Um, the P wave will just look abnormal. So you'll have a bunch of normal looking P waves followed by QRS, and then all of a sudden in the middle, you'll have this weird-looking abnormal P wave. It could be conducted or non-conducted. So conducted means that there is a QRS wave that follows this P wave. Non-conducted, there's no QRS following the abnormal-looking P wave. Causes, again, anxiety, medications, caffeine, alcohol withdrawal. Something to know that uh, terms that may be used by Gemini or trigemini. By Gemini means every other beat. So if you would have a PAC every other beat with a normal one in between, you would call it atrial by Gemini. Every three beats, it's called trigemini. Okay, atrial fibrillation or flutter. So AFib is caused by many irritable atrial foci overriding the SA node. So kind of similar to the WAP, but this is going to look a little bit different because it's going to be irregularly irregular. Um, so this is the most common chronic arrhythmia. So many people live with chronic AFib, but 
Um, the important thing is that people living with it are anticoagulated. Why? Because you have a concern for thrombus formation. Um, this is the most common cause of embolic stroke. Um, the most common place for a thrombus to form is in the left atrial appendage, which is why new newer methods of surgical techniques are in closing off that atrial appendage in afibers try for especially for those who have contraindication to anticoagulation so like i said before this rhythm is irregularly irregular signs and symptoms um it's kind of all over the place you can have palpitations dizziness dipsy on exertion some syncope pre-syncopal things going on diagnosis is by ekg uh some causes so you can use the pi uh the mnemonic pirates as like some of the causes of um post cabbage is a big one to kind of recognize i feel like a lot of the questions may give you a patient who just had cardiac surgery in the past couple days so the, and now they're coming in with palpitations you should think of this. It can so pirates, post cabbage, ischemia or infection, rheumatic heart disease, alcohol, thyrotoxicosis, enlargement of the atria, and systemic hypertension. One thing I want to know: alcohol. Um, you should be thinking of holiday heart syndrome when I say that. But um, yeah, so those are all the causes. I'm I. I this mnemonic is pretty good to cover all your big ones. Um, treatment. So if you're stable, patient, you might want to rate control them. And if you're going to rate control them, especially new onset AFib, you're going to do this with a beta blocker or the non-dihydropyridine calcium channel blocker. Um, you often see metoprolol and dilch. But um, usually provider will keep if the patient is on one of these medications at home they'll probably use the same medication to slow the rate inpatient wise if they're not on any medications at home it's kind of provider preference on which one is used if they're unstable we need to synchronize cardiovert them problem is the heart has been quivering and there it's a high risk for th thrombus formation so you want to get a echo prior to cardioverting and an unstable patient, just to preface, is a patient who is hypotensive, so like systolic under 90, diastolic under 60, they have altered mental status, and also refractory chest pain also counts as an unstable patient. So patients fail, if a patient is coming in failing outpatient therapy, they are considered unstable. Flutter, a little bit different. You have a rate of 300 beats per minute, and this is one foci firing very, very fast. So AFib, you have multiple ones, so that's why it kind of looks all over the place. That's why it's so irregular, because the impulse is coming from all over the place. Flutter, it is fast, but it kind of looks the same, because it's all one foci firing. Risk factors are coronary artery artery disease and hypertension on EKG, you're going to see that sawtooth pattern, and you're going to treat it the same as AFib. 
Okay, next we're going to talk about paroxysmal supraventricular tachycardia. So this results from accessory pathways and re-entry circuits. So there's kind of three big pathophysiology things that can occur to cause this. First one, the AV node has an accessory pathway. This is the most common type. So there's another pathway present in the AV node. So causes like kind of this re-entry where the signal just keeps going and going and going. Second type is narrow complex QRS or orthodontic. So how I remember this is you want your orthodontist to narrow your gap. So narrow complex QRS. You want the you want your gap to be small. Orthodontic. So this is a rapid activation of the bundle of his and Purkinje fibers. The next type is wide QRS, and this is antidromic. So the signal is occurring from below the ventricles. You get aberrant conduction or conduction over an accessory pathway. So those are the basic three. So AV node has an accessory pathway. You have a narrow complex or orthodontic or three wide complex antidromic. So on EKG, you're going to see those PTs your PT waves that you can't really differentiate because they're happening at the same time. Treatment, if it is a stable patient, you're going to try a vagal maneuver. Um, well, if they're stable and it's a narrow, you're going to try a vagal maneuver. Or IV adenosine, slow that rate down. So adenosine is a downer, adenosine, and you're going to slow that rate down. If they're stable but they have that wide QRX, you're going to go to the antiarrhythmics, so IV procanamide or amiodarone. Make sure if you're suspecting Wolf-Parkinson-White, so which we will talk about later. So if you're suspecting WPW, always go with the procanamide. If you have any doubt in your mind, if you're looking at that EKG and can't say 100% certainly that it is not WPW, then you avoid amiodarone and give the procanamide. Unstable cardiovert. At this point, you should see that that's kind of a theme. If the patient is unstable, we are using electricity. So anywhere in the patient scenario, if they're saying like altered mental status, if they're altered mental status, if they are tanking, their blood pressure is tanking. Electricity. That's the answer. Electricity. So PSVT, um, the definitive treatment. So this is important because I could see this being a question. Definitive treatment is ablation. You need to get rid of those accessory pathways. Okay, now we're going to go in down into junctional rhythms. So we'll start with premature junctional um, contractions, PJCs. Um, so the AV node is firing prematurely so the AV node is trying to fire before the SA node tells it to the most common causes are alcohol tobacco caffeine treatment really none as long as the burden isn't high now if someone's having multiple P so many PJCs that they're like whole EKG is burned by them they're having a lot of symptoms and the treatment would be different but in general treatment none a junctional rhythm or an accelerated junctional rhythm you're going to have upside down P waves because if it's not coming from the atria, the signal is going to be picked up in kind of a different way. So it's going to be upside down P waves. 
really that only there's three different um, categories and it's really determined by rate so a junctional escape rhythm is 40 to 60 beats per minute if you remember in like anatomy classes we they talked about how like the SA node has an a, a baseline internal rate of this and the ventricle has a baseline internal rate of this this is where this kind of comes up so a junctional escape rhythm 40 to 60 accelerated junctional escape rhythm 60 to 100 so this one looks like it'd be normal p waves are just upside down junctional tachycardia is greater than 100 beats per minute okay and bundle branch blocks really not going to go into too much detail i feel like you don't really need to know that much it's usually caused by fibrosis or scarring um a right bundle branch block is not always pathologic we're not as concerned but a left bundle branch block always is pathologic and a new onset definitely needs further evaluation and investigation so you're looking for that rr prime those bunny ears for right the bunny ears are in v1 through 3 left v4 through v6 so i just kind of remember when i'm looking at that 12 lead lead EKG that bundle branch blocks not only are they just like hard to say like BBB it's just hard for me to say but they are opposite so if you're looking at the 12 lead EKG the uh, V leads on the right are indicative of a left bundle branch block okay and now going down into the ventricles we'll start with premature ventricular contractions so this will be a wide QRX, QRS complex with no P wave. So you might be getting some normal PQRS, PQRS. They all look fine. Then all of a sudden you see this funky, wide, weird thing going on. It's probably a PVC. Causes cardiomyopathy. You can have electrolyte imbalances, hypoxemia. So people with um, chronic lung disease really look for these. Um, so, but the problem is that when the ventricles contract, it's contracting much weaker than it normally would. Therefore, when too many occur, it can lead to decreased cardiac output and eventually heart failure. So you really have to watch to see how burdened is the patient by these PVCs. So the EKG is going to show wide and bizarre QRS, signs and symptoms, palpitations. You may palpate an irregular pulse. Um... To diagnose, a lot of these patients need to be put on a Holter monitor um, through outpatient cards and to see really how much, how many they're having and what their burden is to see what type of treatment they need. Treatment, you need to kind of treat the underlying cause. Um, like I said, if it's they have like chronic lung disease causing, you need to treat electrolyte imbalance. You need to treat that before you go doing anything else if you need to write treat them the um choice is a beta blocker next we're going to go over ventricular tachycardia so this is three or more consecutive pvcs with a rate greater than 100 beats per minute so if you have three or more pvcs now you're you have ventricular tachycardia sustained vtac is if it's occurring for greater than 30 seconds or the patient is hemodynamically like hemodynamically collapses in less than that 30 second period so if your patient is needing intervention 
but it's like only been 20 seconds, that still counts as sustained VTAC. Unsustained, less than 30 seconds. EKG, you're going to see no P waves and a very wide QRS. Causes, one of the most common causes is an injection fraction below 35% to someone who's in heart failure, other types of heart disease, and prolonged QT syndromes such as like hypomagnesemia. That's an important one to um, think about because if you have a patient presenting with this, you really want to check those electrolytes. You want to get a mag level. Signs and symptoms, it depends if the patient's perfusing. If the patient isn't perfusing, they could be hypotensive. They could be altered. If they still are, um, they, they could just have palpitations, chest pain. Treatment, if your patient is stable and they have a pulse, you're going to do the amiodarone and brocanamide once again. WPW, procainamide. If they are unstable with a pulse, you're going to synchronize cardiovar- hundred with 100 to 200 joules. Um, pulseless, you're going to follow the ACLS guidelines. So this means CPR, defibrillation, given IV epi every four minutes. So really following the ACLS guides. Um, and just to clarify, you're using ACLS guidelines, not necessarily pulseless means defib. We know that, um, a lot of times pulseless are ribbon rhythms. You can't use electricity, but in general, if you get a pulse back, um, CPR, epi, and yeah, um, chronic therapy is a beta blocker. You want to keep that, um, right down. Next is torsades. This is um, polymorphic v- VTAC. It's the most co- the most common cause is QT prolongation, which in acquired you can have um, like an acquired QT pro- prolongation, which is often caused by drugs. EKG is going to show multiple QRS morphologies, and they say it's like the twirled ribbon look. Um, signs and symptoms: you're going to have syncope, sudden collapse. You can have sudden cardiac cardiac death treatment this one you need to know this is going to be a test question iv mag sulfate i i know you already knew that iv mag especially if it's recurrent um and then you can also use cardioversion v fib v fib is the most ventricular fibrillation it's the most common cause of out of hospital cardiac arrest and sudden deaths um etiology the most common cause is ischemic heart disease signs and symptoms are Sudden collapse, patient unresponsive, unconscious. This is what you think of, you see in the movie of the patient falling down, pulseless, unresponsive. EKG, you're going to see an erratic pattern of basically wavy lines. That's what it looks like to me. You can have coarse and fine, coarse, kind of, you can see a little bit more um, than the fine. Treatment, ACLS. If you're defibrillating, it's 120 to 200 joules. Um, the way to prevent this is the ins- the implanted defibrillator, the perc- transcutaneous. Um, next, PEA, so pulseless electrical activity or asystole. What you want to do is check those H's and T's. So H's, hypovolemia, hypoxemia, hydrogen, a- so this is acid- acidosis, hyper or hypokalemia, hypothermia and your t's are toxins tamponade tension pneumothorax thrombosis and tachycardia 
Um, if you have a narrow complex PEA, you're thinking of mechanical problems, so tamponade, tension pneumothorax. If you have a wide complex PEA, you're thinking more metabolic conditions. Um, so treatment is CPR and epi. You cannot, these are not shockable rhythms. So PEA asystole is not shockable. You basically throw in epi, keep throwing epi at them and hope that the rhythm changes or you get a rhythm that you are able to shock. Okay, now we're going to go into like the some of the not fits into my categories diagnoses. So first one is going to be sick sinus syndrome or sinus node dysfunction. So there's three different categories. So sick sinus sy syndrome is kind of just this like mod podge of things that um you really they can't fit into another category so they put them in this one first one so you have symptomatic sinus bradycardia once you rule out every other all other causes so the patient is brady two you have this sinus arrest or pause so this is the failure of the sa node to depolarize greater than three seconds so the person's heart's beating beating you see them on ekg and all of a sudden there's a gap and so that's also goes into the sss um then third category is the coronotropic incom incompetence so this is when the sa node can't keep up with physiologic needs so it can't adapt to what the body needs. The most common cause is degenerative fibrosis, so age-related fibrosis. Um, the other causes can be certain medications or metabolic conditions. So oftentimes, like beta blockers will cause these. Um, next is... Next is Wolf Parkinson's white. So this is a ventricular pre-excitation with abnormal conduction through the bundle of Kent bypassing the AV node. So ventricular pre-excitation with abnormal conduction through the bundle of Kent bypassing the AV node. So test question wise, I really think the bundle of Kent is going to kind of be this big key thing that they might just anatomy quiz you on. So I would know that bundle of Kent. Um, the premature depolarization of the ventricles causes a delta wave. So on EKG, you see short PR, wide QRS, and this delta wave, which is kind of a slurring of the QRS. Treatment, if they're stable, procainamide. I've repeated that so many times now, procainamide. And the definitive treatment is an ablation. But if they develop a narrow QRS, like an SVT, you're going to like treat them like an SVT. So narrow QRS, treat like an SVT. Avoid AV blocking agents. This is a test question. Avoid AV blocking agents. How do you remember these? A, B, C, D, adenosine, beta blocker, calcium channel blocker, and jejoxin. This can um, actually worsen their condition if you s suppress the AV node. Uh, and the last random condition is Brugada. So this is a genetic channelopathy so, um, it, of the sodium channels, and it predisposes patients to ventricular arrhythmias. So these patients are young 
and high risk for sudden cardiac death. So these are young patients that are getting it genetically. This is not acquired. This is genetic. So you're going to have a young person who presented with syncope and you check their EK. You want to get an uh, EKG to begin with because you are concerned for Brugada. You're going to see like Saddleback or uh, these ski slopes, ST elevations in V's, V1, 2, 3. So V1, 2, 3, Saddleback or sloping, uh, ski sloping ST elevations. In the treatment, you want to put implant a defibrillator to make sure that they do not go into sudden cardiac arrest. We are concerned about that in these patients. Now we're going to go through the blocks. So, so atrioventricular blocks. So the atria is no longer communicating appropriately with the ventricles. The first one, first degree block. This is long AV conduction. The PR is greater than 0.20. Causes our medications increased vagal tone. So, like a highly conditioned athlete can have a physiologic first-degree AV block. Symptom, signs and symptoms, they're usually asymptomatic in treatment. There really is none. We're not too concerned about uh, first-degree. Second-degree, type 1 and type 2. So, type 1 is the Mobitz 1 or Wanky Bach. This is a progressive delay. I think of this one as a long, long drop. It's a progressive PR lengthening until one is non-conducted. Most common causes, you can have an inferior wall MI, an AV node blocking agent. Remember ABCD, beta blocker, calcium channel blocker. Often a normal variant though. So treatment, you really don't, we don't get too flustered about this one. Type 2 or Mobitz 2. This is an abrupt AV conduction block with occasional non-conductive impulses. So the cause, MI for fibrosis myocarditis. Signs and symptoms, they can be asymptomatic, but if they're getting poor perfusion, they can have fatigue, dizziness, collapse. Treatment, pacemaker is the definitive treatment. Third degree block, this is complete AV dissociation. So the atrium ventricles are working independently. They are not communicating at all. Causes are an inferior wall MI, hyperkalemia, AV node blockers, or idiopathic. Signs and symptoms are fatigue, dyspnea, treatment. If they're stable and having symptomatic bradycardia, you're going to atropine. Unstable, atropine, and temporary pacing. Definitive is a permanent pacemaker.